Hello. You're listening to a special injunction edition of Gareth on... Hello and welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed, or as we say in Stoke Newington, Nassau's son. Richard, the author, Nassau's son? You don't know what to say, do you? No. Zog, Nassau's son? You don't know what to say, either, do you? Nassau's son. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to think what that is, backwards or... No. No, I don't know. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say Nassau's son to you. Well, uh, so. well, the answer is Ben Aim. Ben I'm fine. It's Turkish. I'm talking Turkey. Uh, uh, you see... As indeed we are now talking about the Turkish Grand Prix, which 66% of the team saw, 33% of the team, where were you, in Wales? Yeah, I was up a mountain in Wales, a sort of boys weekend away. It's something that I do with some friends every year, and this was the only weekend we were all free, so something had to give, and unfortunately it was the 2011 Turkish Grand Prix. There's always Sorry. one that you're going to miss in the Yeah, season, I know, it was a beautiful morning on Sunday in the Brecon Beacons, and it was oh. like, oh, I could sit in the house and watch the race, or I could catch up with the race later and get out there, and as it turns out, get to the top of a mountain and get pelted with horizontal hail, Lovely. which is quite painful. But, <laughs> but, cheerful. but that's what you're after if you're going for a walk well, in the great It's what some of British my friends that I go moon, away with are after, because they sort of enjoy the adversity and misery. Personally, I'm a lazy bugger, and I just quite <laughs> like a nice view from the top of a sunny mountain. I don't mind a bit of exercise, I think I'm with you on that. but yeah. I don't really want to be freezing cold and wet. I, if you can do it in a T-shirt, then I'm extremely happy. That's where I was, didn't see the race, but I hear it was a cracker I couldn't resist I had to look up the result so I do know who won I know broadly the top 10 at least but I don't know more details because I haven't had a chance to catch up with it on iPlayer or whatever so I'm hoping you're going to fill me in because I hear it was really good well Mr Bendy won and the reason he's called Mr Bendy is oh well yeah, I'm glad you asked me that the thing is it's really simple in about in a factory in Hamburg and then that's yeah. why he's Mr. Bendy. Mm. Yeah, mm. It's a so, right, but so. it was. Um, they, I've had some distortion issues with it. Which, it's okay. So anyway, the mm. race uh, won by uh, uh, Mr. Bendy. Vettel. As you say, Mr. Bendy. How um, do we say it? V- v- Vettel. Oh, I don't know. It's, it's a Vettel, moving Vettel, target. Bendy yeah, won. A, 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 race. a lot of overtaking. Mm-hmm. Almost too no, much, I would say. No, hey. not a lot of overtaking, Zog. A lot of. Overtakes. Oh, so, yep. is this? No, the... I, I got stupid and pedantic on Twitter about fewer versus less mm. during the race. So let's not get into more language pedantry because we overtakes. Won't. There were a lot of overtakes in the race. Apparently, mm. so apparently it's a word. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Is this? Is I don't know. Is this convinced. one of these things? Yes, where it'll just slowly creep in and it's like we'll... party. You uh. used to go to a party, but then party has become a verb. Oh, you guys like to party. That's an yeah. Americanism, no, isn't I, I'm, but but I'm, I'm, I'm OK now. with that. I'm OK with party as a verb, but I'm mm-hmm. not so OK with overtake as a noun. Mm-hmm. It just seems to be unnecessary, isn't it? It's like text as a verb. It's inevitable that's mm-hmm. just become a verb, because yeah. it's a sort of new thing. You need to evolve the language around it. But overtakes. Mm-hmm. Overtakes. Mm. There as were a number overtaking of overtakes. Maneuvers. I don't overtakes. know. I'll be honest, Sog, it doesn't bother me as much as quali. Which I always yeah. find faintly irritating. Yeah. I don't know why. For me, it's the other way around because quali. Okay, it's a slightly annoying contraction, but it's just an informal contraction of qualifying. I'm okay yes, that's with what that. I I'm don't okay like about that. it. It's overly matey. Well, well, okay, here's a rule was, then. If, 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 if it was kind of going really cutesy, I'll, look, 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 okay, Gareth, we'll get back to the race in a minute. This is important. <laughs> yeah, go okay. on. You I mean, mean if it was yeah, quali wally yeah, or something exactly, like that? Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it was, yeah. There you go. Quali wally would be no good. Quali's okay. As it's an informal contraction, that's driven by familiarity. 
And so if you take part in qualifying, you can call it quali, I think, but the rest of us have to call it qualifying. But I've never heard an actual Formula One driver say quali. I've only ever heard people Button. who watch it on the tape. Does he? Yeah. Well, if you're really mm-hmm. familiar with it and you're sort of blokey mm. with it, as Button could sometimes be, you should be calling it like Quasa or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah Quaso. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jensen, a uh, great result there in qualifying. Yeah, uh, Quaz was good. Uh, the guys at the Fazin was have worked really hard on the Chaz and the Eros. And a good result for your teammate too. Yeah, great to see Haz on the grid next to me. But another bad result for seven-time world champion Michael Schumacher. How, how would you rate his performance this season so far? Michael Schumacher's performance? Shiz. Yes, Petrol! We got a on speed! Qualifying, in my opinion, is a thing of the past because of the importance of managing your tyres these days, because of these incredible Pirelli tyres which fall off the cliff very quickly and then leave lots of marbles. You see, I'm using all these terms myself now on the circuit. Qualifying has become a thing of the past. It's history. It's far more important to save your soft tyres, surely, for the race than it is to use them up in qualifying. It doesn't really matter where you start from but anymore, I, does but, it? But didn't Martin Whitmarsh say that this idea that using up your tyres in qualifying, it's a bit of a myth because you're only using a couple of laps on the tyre that you otherwise would have kept as a fresh set mm-hmm. for the race. So it's actually not making as much difference as people sometimes think. And the fact that there's so much more shuffling around the field because people have been making different use of their tyres during the race and there being more of a tendency for people to be on different strategies maybe that's encouraging this idea. I don't know. Mm, I love the way that there's passing and repassing at the moment. There is an awful lot of overtaking in it. The drivers say, Richard, I know you didn't see the race, but mm. there was something like 130 passing manoeuvres in the race. Did yeah. I hear that fact? It was 130? Well, it was mammoth, whatever it was. He there were almost yeah. too many. When it happens too often, it becomes less meaningful. A passing move means a lot more the harder it is to pull off. To take it to the extreme, if you had... Ten passing moves on every lap, we wouldn't get excited about it. We wouldn't. Um, well, uh, I don't know. No, you don't have. No. I suppose it was just chaos of constant overtaking and overtaking again, and, and just people sort of jockeying for position every lap for the whole race, maybe. But I don't know. I'd like to see that. See what happens. But I think, think the but, biggest. But think about oval racing and stuff. You know, well, when, when yeah. you know when you've got passing and repassing, or you almost alternate lap by lap. Yeah, you know, yeah. whether people are passing. You don't get excited about each one of those moves in the same way that you get excited about Hamilton just catching up to and just passing Vettel. You know? Formula One's supposed to be hard. Really? It's mm. supposed to be the most difficult, the pinnacle, and so passing should be very hard. I'm but, enjoying well, I d- the, the on-screen action, but it still boils down to where you are on the last stint. So what if it gives us a bit of mixing up of stuff during the race? It, when it comes down to the last few laps and how you've managed your tyres, it's that final position. It's no different to when we used to have refuelling. It doesn't really matter until that last stint, when everyone's done all their stops and now we know that the race is on. So it's sort of it's almost that qualifying cone continues to put the top five in a position where they can win the race. But you want the rest of the race to be worth watching and to matter. You don't want to set up whereby you're only bothered to tune in for the last third of the race because... It's like wacky races suddenly, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, and Schumacher spun off and he's into the swimming pool. But wait, he's back and overtaken 15 drivers. Look, was that a reasonable impression of the voiceover for wacky races? Was, it wasn't yeah, bad, actually. It was pretty good. Never done that before. Um, but I do think, to just finish the thought, that they may have to carry on sort of fine-tuning this DRS and how it's mm. used, how it's allowed in the race 
to get that balance right between making it easy enough but not too easy for the drivers to pass. And I think they've probably got it just about right at the moment. Plenty of entertainment. It was a rubbish race to miss because there was so much going on, Richard. It really was. And the mountain will still be there. I could have killed <laughs> a bit of nothing. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but will the Turkish Grand Prix be there? We don't know. There's some doubt over that. We'll see. But a couple of the big things for me from that race were, first of all, Schumacher looking actually rather ragged. He really sort of seemed like a ageing prize fighter who can't quite land the killer punch. You know, mm. Could have been a contender. Yeah, so. it was heartbreaking. He was involved in a tussle with Sutil. Is that a haiku? And I can't remember if it's Brundle or Coulthard who said. I think it was Brundle, the English language commentator, who said. Well, you know, sometimes you have to give up a corner. You have to know when a corner is lost. It cost him his front wing, this manoeuvre. And he almost said it in one sentence. Sometimes you need to know when to give up. And it's illustrated in his reluctance to let people pass at the moment that he doesn't know when to give up, whether that means a corner, a race, or indeed your career, Richard. He may have helped Mercedes uh, in a great way, yes. When he had that kind of aura of invincibility about him and was overwhelmingly at the front, then I'm quite sure that psychologically Logically, drivers felt very differently about that split second when you're aware that you may get into a collision with him or not. Drivers were simply more wary of it before because they knew he wouldn't back off. They knew there'd be an accident. You know, now, even if they're still aware that he probably won't back off and they might be coming together, they're not as wary of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it it doesn't scare them in a way that it used to. Well, it seems like it's almost become the way that you're out on the road and you see uh, a Nissan Micra driven by a man in a flat cap and you go oh give him a wide berth silly old fool he's probably not paying attention well he is in his 90s there's some truth oh no that's that terrible old fart who's still plugging around in that old Mercedes of his god just give him a wide berth remember what he did to Rubens Barrichello he's probably his vision's going it's a little bit embarrassing yeah do you think life in the Schumacher home is probably very difficult at the moment Michael, my seven times world champion husband, you look so sad. Corina, my Formula One season is not going well. Oh, it's not so bad. Not so bad, no, Corina, it's terrible. The car is not working for me. My teammate is outpacing me. I don't believe the other drivers respect me. I cannot imagine how things could get any worse. Hello, the Schumacher house. Oh, hi, Ralph. Yeah? Oh, that's great! Michael, it's your brother on the phone! He got a podium in the DTM! Have Pirelli shot themselves in their foot or boot or rubber footwear? Uh, Galoshes, I think they're galoshes. Thank you. Yeah, uh, tyre companies wear galoshes. (laughs) (laughs) By delivering a tyre to the spec that they asked for, i.e. a tyre that... Wears away very quickly. We're all aware of this. This is why Formula One is entertaining and successful at the moment. Is there not an implicit undercurrent of 
Pirelli tyres wear away quickly. That you might carry over into your purchase of tyres for your car. Okay, to put it really dismissively, anyone who's that stupid, I mean, they, you know, how can they possibly even cross the road without killing themselves? I mean, <laughs> or to put it in a, a slightly more generous way, if you're that interested in researching tyres for your car, you probably know a bit about Formula One and you understand that that rule or that request was put in before the season mm-hmm. started that they wanted high degradation tyres so otherwise but that's, that's, thinking, that was so much you know, more generous and Pirelli is a type of ice cream and you're all those people who just goes into the garage or, or the badly spelt tyre high street supplier and um <laughs> And say, could you put some tyres on that? And these days, road cars, so many of them come with very, very specific, what they call the OEM tyre, the original equipment manufacturer spec, which is the stuff that it left the factory on. And it's not just things like Ferraris and Porsches and Lotuses where they will ask for a specific tyre to be developed for that car during its setup phase from one of the big manufacturers. I ran that Fiesta ST, the old shape one, from Evo magazine. And when I got a puncture turned out the tyre on that was only used by the Fiesta ST and the Mini Cooper. Wow! Mm. And as a consequence, the badly spelt high street tyre supplier had to order it in, which they signally failed to do. No, it was a... can't remember. Oh, I know that tyre. And was it... Dunlop, maybe? Or Michelin. Might be Michelin, I don't know. Ford tends to have a big supply deal with Michelin I think it was then, yes. Maybe it was, yes. Yeah, I didn't know BMW... BMW do, no. BMW love a Michelin tyre. There we are. Was Um, it any more expensive, you think? Yeah, it wasn't cheap. I forget now off the top of my head. For the sake of argument, let's say a million pounds. Right. That's um, a lot of money for time. I might yeah. be misremembering that, yeah. but I certainly yeah. remember thinking it was quite expensive. <laughs> um, same thing's happening with my Jaguar at the moment, because it's going to need some new tyres quite soon, and I asked someone I know at Jaguar if he could sort of ask around the engineering department, were there any recommendations for tyres? Mm. Uh, what were the engineers put on? Yeah, because yeah. it originally yeah. came with Pirelli's, and that's what's on it now. It is yeah. on the right tyre for that car, but I thought, I wonder if over time, actually, they've realised there's something else that maybe is a bit better in yep. terms of grip or comfort or noise or all three, ideally, which would be fantastic. And the news came back, no, stick OEM on it, which means the Pirellis, mm. because they haven't found anything that they believe is superior, and that mm. car was set up to perform at its best on the Pirellis. Mm. And I will put Pirellis on there, and in no point will I go, oh, I better not, they'll wear out really fast because what's happening in F1, because, uh, yeah. you know, we pay attention to these things. Well, we so safe. well, you've just brought it back to exactly the point I was trying to make. Have they shot themselves in their foot by doing this? But if you're right, if it's only people who watch Formula One and understand, we'll still think, ah, it's a Formula One tyre, they know how to write the right compound for what's required. Well, so, I don't know. I mean, if you're a ruddy idiot and you won't put Pirellis on your road car because of Formula One, do write to us. <laughs> if you know how to write. <laughs> Give me some more headlines, since oh, I haven't uh, seen the race yet. Ferrari are back. Alonso oh. had a really good scrap with Weber. That was a pilot of the race, actually. Alonso and Weber coming back at each other. Alonso had got the better of him in the end, but... Uh, the Massa... Uh, the Massa incident was interesting. As Hamilton and Massa dived into the pitch together... Uh, As they came Hamilton out. got away first. Ferrari released Massa so that they were alongside each other in the pit lane. Ooh. And they didn't get a penalty for unsafe release, which I just didn't understand. Well, all credit to Massa for not running into Hamilton, all credit to the two of them for not running into each other. But unsafe release, you know, by definition, is purely releasing a car at a time when it's going to... Cause the other driver to change his yes, direction but, speed. Uh, the, well, the regulations on that are actually quite complex, and what Massa probably done is taken the precaution of driving for Ferrari. 
is really small. Oh. Even by Formula One driver standards, it's really small. Kill the really rabbit. Small. Yep. Really small. Yep. So he needs to win so that he looks taller. Yeah, so he's on the top platform. He's juggling the first. Make things worse. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Good point. Everyone Good looks point. taller again. That's right. Oh, so I don't know how tall Petrov is, but I do imagine him to be a sort he, of looming uh, hulk of a man. Somehow. Yeah, I think by everyone's standards, he's enormous. He's, yeah. made, he's, made not, like, he's, he's not quite a Weber. It's yeah. because or of Justin humans. Wilson. You remember Justin Wilson? Oh, wow. over 11 feet tall. Literally the world's tallest man. Yeah. Bad choice of career. He should have played a Wookiee in Star Wars, really, shouldn't he? Just he was the one who did the share issue, wasn't he? Sort of yeah. You know, yeah. To yeah. raise money. I yeah. Wonder. It's an interesting story. idea. I don't I mean, know. They don't do... Hey, it didn't work for Williams. Ooh. But then, Ooh. did you see this week? We Williams... Yes, Sam Michael. And Even sacked me. I got a mail saying, you're sacked just to be on the yeah. same side. I've got nothing to do with him. But then they've hired... Cochran. Mike Cochran. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I, it's, it's, it's just... It's extraordinary, isn't it? I so Mike Cochran was involved with the whole Xeroxing of Ferrari information when he was at McLaren and was banished to the wilderness because yeah. of that. And they're saying that now he's back at Williams, he's going to be a better man. He's going to be a better man than he was. Well, can he save Williams? No. It's going to take more than that, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, probably, Williams? yes. I don't know. How do you so save Formula you have 30 one seconds on dealing photocopies. your favourite Formula One team and why well, they are useless. Well, the, the thing about Williams is that they're one of the few teams that has a kind of a collective memory of how to win races and how to win championships. I mean, actually, it's been 15 years since Williams won a championship, I guess. But yeah, I think they're starting to forget. Well, but I think it's still in there. Maybe I just hope it's still in there, but I think they've still got that in their DNA. It hasn't mm. quite been evolved out. But I sometimes wonder, need... though, the teams like that, they think they are still front-running world championship-type teams, when actually they're solid midfielders at best and they should accept that and think like midfielders and work harder to sort of aspire to back to the from front there. instead of assuming that they are one of the top flight when they don't have the results or the car or even the drivers to back that up. And I suspect that might I mean, be a problem. That... It's like MG Rover. They still thought they were a global car company towards the end when actually you know, they were a two-bit operation with one factory. And I think Williams have that sort of mentality. I, I think they you're think they're a key mm, player. I think you're exactly they were, right. but they're not. They are the most, if you like, British, the most English of the F1 teams. And as a British identity it's that thing that we Brits have we still think that Britain is one of the major players in the world in just about everything because traditionally we've had a great run since before the industrial revolution the truth is on the grand scheme of things we are not top five players anymore oh now come on we put well, on a ruddy big wedding the other week and the world I yeah, love your we wedding like a... Richard but that's not <laughs> anything to do with the point I'm trying to make no, it, it, it depends <laughs> what field of endeavour you're talking about because for example I don't think you disagree with the things making noises what is oh, that turn that off turn that off that is that's my yeah. phone there's a text coming on the phone which okay. is you know uses a subspace channel from Star Trek that so, is yeah. the longest text alert I've ever heard well you know you wouldn't disagree, though, with the proposition that Britain is one of the leaders, if not the leader, in motorsport technology. Yes? True, yeah, yeah true. So, yeah, you know, yeah. there you go. It depends what field you're talking about. Joking aside, yeah. there are absolutely all kinds of areas in which the UK is the best at that particular discipline or has the best people in this particular area, has the greatest expertise in this area. There are other areas where we absolutely suck balls. But, you know, what Williams need is enough money. Maybe they haven't got enough at the moment. Probably not. Almost certainly not. And they need a really good chief designer and the people to support him. And I don't know 
enough of the detail about the staffing there to know whether that's what they've had or not. Sam Michael, it seems like he's a really, really good guy. He may just not have had enough support, but I, mm. I don't know. Well, I think Gareth's phone going off is quite apposite because let's not run Britain down. Let's remember that almost every mobile phone has a chip in it that was invented in Britain, but that doesn't stop Williams being rubbish. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave you with uh, one thought. My favourite name in F1 at the moment belongs to Williams. Pastor Maldonado. But the trouble is, you have to say it a very specific way. It's best said in the same way that you say Salvador Duran. You know, the driver Salvador Duran. Yep. You, you have to say his name like this Salvador Okay, you have to say it like that. And you have to say Pastor Maldonado's name like that as well. Pastor Maldonado. Takes over four and a half seconds. Just like him, compared You're never to the gonna... face of the front row. Exactly, yes, that's my point. Go. Thank you, guys. You've been listening to Richard Porter. Goodbye. To Zog. Goodbye. And me, Gareth Jones. This was on speed. See ya. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, or follow us on Twitter, go to GarethJones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>